0: sit back, relax, and enjoy the warm sounds of the Beer Engine Podcast with Griff and Tony.
1: Hey, what's up, everyone? Beer Engine Podcast. America's uh, favorite uh, soy boy here, Griff. Just uh, just ate a big quinoa salad. Uh, gonna watch some women's soccer later, um, so it's working out for me uh let's bring on my host make this show <clears throat> maybe a little more masculine uh he is the head of the victoria q chapter which was formerly known on twitter as jfk jr is in the bush tony how you doing what, what what's going on with your twitter account and i saw, I saw it went away well
0: look <sighs> with everything that's been happening i wanted to get a get ahead of the deep platforming that is going to happen because I'm spitting truth. I'm spitting bars of truth. I'm spitting tweets of truth about JFK and his role in actually uncovering the global pedophile ring, which Trump and Epstein are not a part of. Don't get your shit confused.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's right. A different pedophile ring.
0: This is the deep state pedophile ring. This is run by, by Podesta. That's, That is your head of the snake, and it involves Clinton, both Hillary and Bill. Are they the same person? Have they ever been seen in the same room together? I'm not sure they have because they were clearly body Mm -hmm. doubles because they were clearly too affectionate to one another. And I wouldn't go as far as to say they might be raptors, but maybe they are. Maybe they are aliens from outer space. Who who knows? QAnon sort of... It encourages critical thinking. Well, not critical thinking, but thinking.
1: Thoughts. There is some thinking. There are, there, somebody's having some kind of thoughts at least. I mean, thoughts. there's some going on there.
0: Dreams, specifically fever dreams. We encourage fever dreams and say them out loud like they're truth. Do they have to be truthful? Well, that's what, that's what the liberals want you to think. You have to, it has to be truthful for you to say it, but it doesn't. They're holding you back.
1: That's right. And the fever dreams, boy, you guys are... I mean, I would guess there's been more QAnon folks having fever dreams than even regular dreams at this point because I'm sure 100, 200, 300 fevers, you can't get away from those things right now. I
0: know. And look at the amount of 5G in Victoria. We probably lead Australia in 5G density, hence why we're leading in fucking coronavirus. Just getting pounded
1: with 5G rays, just getting blasted with those things. And meanwhile, the plane with the antidote is sitting on little St. James Island with Bill Gates, you know, waiting to lift it off. He's just sitting in there and laughing and well, not saving us.
0: He, he was a part of coming up with this man-made virus. It was he and the Chinese and it was, and it was formed in a lab in the U S everybody knows this. Everybody knows that the Gates foundation was a big reason why we have COVID. And he's about trying to depopulate the, the planet, the, planet doesn't need depopulation it doesn't even need sensible planet population (laughs) controls just fucking breed people we need more breeding the earth is is not straining
1: it's amazing how long we can just we could go on like this for forty five minutes, I think. Like well, we could just I mean, there's I, I haven't even gotten to the part where I'm like, and the lunch ladies hate it. The lunch <laughs> ladies hate it more than anything. They miss serving up big plates of slop. And then she said that they couldn't have big plates of slop. You know, we haven't gotten to anything good like that yet. I know. It's, I mean, a, we're, <laughs> it's
0: it's it's kind of sad that both of us um, have this, this morbid fascination, I think, with QAnon. Um a group of individuals who are completely unhinged and uh, are almost beyond um,
1: redemption. Um, these well, are it's just- amazing how many, wasn't it like seven, seven million Twitter accounts or something? Some insane amount of Twitter, maybe it wasn't that many, but it was a large amount of uh, Twitter accounts that got shut down. Um, not that I really even kind of comprehend or sort of, Agree with the, any of the methods that Twitter takes to sort of manage their <laughs> user base. It seems almost arbitrary. In fact, it does. Um, yeah, for sure. Time. But uh, whatever. I mean, I guess I'm not going to sit here and mourn for the QAnon freaks getting booted from there for you know saying gross, gross shit. But. Um, well, it was too bad. Um, that was a good account. JFK Jr. is in the bush. Uh, <laughs> I had to go. Look, I had to go look up like Australian slang to try to figure out a good way to say that. But
0: yeah, no, that that um, was good. Um, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, so JFK has gone water walkabout. Would have worked.
1: Um, he's done a walkabout. Yeah. yeah. Just like after you go to, after you go to Outback, you got to take a walkabout, <laughs> you know, I think they had a meal called a walkabout for some amount of time. Some kind of like Australian walkabout or something stupid. I can't remember what it was called, but it was really stupid. Um, don't, don't go to Outback. <laughs> Um,
0: but I've never so had Tony, a Blooming Onion. So how am I going to get my Blooming Onion fix without going to an American corporate restaurant named... After- I'm surprised
1: you haven't made... It feels like... I, I know Australians don't eat Blooming Onions. I get it. But I, that's that feels like something you would make in your house, right? I mean, you could make that. Yes, but I want to try the real thing. And that seems like a lot of effort. And
0: it's not like I have a deep fryer on hand to deep fry that sun bitch. That is deep fried, correct? I've, as I said, I've never oh, had yeah. one.
1: So, Wouldn't that be funny if they had like a they had a low fat version of the blooming <laughs> onion that they baked? <laughs> that's a great idea. I think uh, that's a good idea.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it's a completely Americanized dish, and I've never had it, but I I do want to try it when I come to America in twenty thirty four.
1: Oh yeah, well, and there's not going to be much left here because uh, all of our our restaurants are closing forever. Um, I, I didn't know this, but Blackbird famous restaurant in Chicago closed forever. It's just gone. Um, it's very depressing. Um, so who knows, maybe the benefit of like coming to visit a city like Chicago might not even be here anymore. We might just all be living in like food wastelands and, uh, you know, not have any of the, you know, the the benefit of living in a big city or near a big city is that you get to go do stuff. And number one, we can't go do anything, or at least I can't, at least I'm not. Um, And number two, there's nothing really even to – we're going to run out of stuff to do because it's all going to be gone because we have no safety net for anyone, people, businesses, you know, so they're just going to vanish.
0: Talking about things that you you can't do anything, what would you be doing in traveling to Chicago? And I mean leisure-wise, is it like you would go in for shopping? I'm guessing sports. I'm guessing because you're a Bulls fan, you would have gone in and seen the Bulls. You well, up? in the so, summer,
1: summer I'd be getting excited for the Bulls to do their, you know, the stuff they already did, which is fire people and hire <laughs> new people and still keep their awful coach. But um, yeah, I probably would have, uh, I probably would have gone into a ball game this year, at least in you know, a Cubs game. I mean, not that they're going to be particularly good, but it's fun to go um, or go see the White Sox. We usually go see the White Sox just because it's really easy to go <laughs> to those games uh, and close. Um, do you ever going do- to eat. Yep. Yeah. What about
0: improv and and shows? Are you a big <laughs> shows guy? Because Chicago. I'm not a big
1: improv guy. <laughs> if no one can tell, because I, if if it's not obvious to everyone by me writing gags for every stupid podcast we do, I'm not a huge um, just you know. Wing it. I mean, we wing it enough on this show, but winging com like trying to totally swing some comedy just doesn't really. I don't. I don't think I'm capable of that. And I think there's like three people who are good at it, honestly. Um, so maybe improv wouldn't be it, but I would have gone to see stand up. I love. I like stand up. You know, yeah. um, there's a there's a bunch of great, you know, well known comedy theaters in Chicago. Going to breweries. You know, I'm going to breweries. Um, if I could have gone, I. I I've probably talked to, um, I don't think I brought it up here, but I brought it up to Kelly 500 times that I just missed going to half acre. And I've already <laughs> put, uh, only one half acre beer, I think on our, on my ultimate six pack list, which is a real upset. But, um, I would be at half acre in a second. It's been my favorite brewery of beers to drink for this, you know, quarantine. Um, I was actually going to mention this. I've been drinking a beer from them called Bodum, B-O-D-E-M. It's an IPA they sell in 12-packs now, in 12-pack boxes. And I am housing the hell out of that stuff. It is so fresh, dry, and juicy, like a West Coast meets, I don't know, like refreshing, juicy pale ale type thing. I don't want to say East Coast. It's just got that like slight sweetness to it, you know? Is it West um,
0: Coast modern? Because that's what yeah, like sweetness that's it, is know? everywhere now.
1: Yeah, I think it's that. Um, but I love that stuff. So I, I just think about going to Half Acre. So if I could go into the city, and and I tried to do it when I went and did my MRI, but we just couldn't get the timing right. And they serve, they sell burrito. They uh, they serve burritos there, and the burritos are so. Good. <laughs> they eat a burrito, eat drink two or three beers. They got a whole wild program now that's absolutely killing it. Um, so that would be. You know, yeah, sports, maybe some shows, but I think Half Acre Brewery might be my <laughs> first stop out of all of them, just because I'm, I'm craving some of that stuff right now.
0: Now, is um, like the Half Acre setup with with the burritos? Is that a fairly commonplace tap room setup? Is that is that how most of them are? Sort of those sort of meals, or
1: most of them don't have food. Okay, yeah, yep. the, the overwhelming majority don't have food, at least not in a meaningful way. Um, they'll bring in food trucks and stuff. This, the, having a actually a brew pub with a full kitchen is per, in, percentage wise to total amount of breweries in Chicago is relatively small. Um, you, you're not going to see a lot, uh, even especially my favorites like Metro Metropolitan Dovetail. Uh, uh, Mars has food. So that's one of them that I, that I tend to hit up a lot, but yes, yeah, the most of them are, kind of either sort of hiding under the train tracks with just a tap room or, <laughs> um, or just sort of a, a, a sales window that maybe has some, you know, six or seven taps at it. Um, which is just sort of a different, different, different setup. Yeah. Yeah. It's different, but, um, I miss, I miss going to breweries and I, and I miss, uh, trying that, that's one of the, one of the things I miss the most is just kind of on a whim going and trying a bunch of new beers. It's hard to do when you're only ordering. you know. Yeah. So I've been trying to, uh, I, I have been wanting to try new beers. Um, it's hard to do when you're stuck at home. So everyone on this podcast or listening to this podcast, all between three and 3000 of you, um, <laughs> know that I've been ordering from burial, uh, in North Carolina and Tony, I wanted to talk about this beer that I got, um, I don't know uh, if I have if I'd call this an official beer review, we can make it official. I don't know, but I got a, a stout that came with a candy bar, Tony. What?
0: Like yeah. it, is this like a package deal where you had to order both together or it just came with a candy bar? Because as you know, one of um, when we were starting off this podcast it, it was around the good beer week time and I had a Blackman's chocolate cake stout. And you could mm-hmm. order it with the chocolate cake or you could order it without the chocolate cake. It was an option and it cost extra to have the chocolate cake. So I'm not sure whether this was a tasting thing or whether they just threw this in like they would in like a, a mystery box or, I don't know, an art supply box. They throw in candy.
1: They've been collaborating with this chocolatier called French Broad that's also in Asheville, And um, – they, the candy bar was a candy bar that existed already, I believe, and they made a beer to match with it. So you didn't buy them separately. It was just there. I mean, the stout from them is pretty expensive. It's pretty loaded up. It was a $20 stout and they put the candy bar with it. So you got it too. They did their best to package it in such a way that it wouldn't melt, but it, it definitely melted, <laughs> but it didn't matter. Cause I just, I just, immediately delivered it into the freezer and got it solidified again. And it, it came out fine. Everything was where it was supposed to be. You know, um, it was delicious. It was a strawberry, um, peanut chocolate stout.
0: Um, oh, nice! it was
1: absurdly delicious. And the candy bar was just as good. It was like a bonbon type candy bar with like a filling, like a caramely type strawberry filling. Yep. Um, this was a plus dude. Um, I know you've been talking about eating, you know, drinking the raspberry ripe beers and stuff. This was not an equivalent cause you know, I was like, boy, this would be even better with a little coconut in it. Isn't it? <laughs> um, but no, no coconut in there. It's fine. Um, I was happy with it as it was. Um, I have more burial stuff coming, but I want to give a shout out to the burial crew for making that, uh, absolutely fantastic beer and all of the stouts and IPAs they've been sending me are out of this world. Um, I've loved every single one of them, so. And I like the chocolate. Um, So I thought that was a fun pairing and it was was a delicious little piece of chocolate. Um, I I would do that again for sure.
0: I find that um, kind of cool now that I've thought about it. I I was sort of, is this a gimmick thing? But I like the idea of brewers actually um, thinking about pairing combinations and what they can actually pair that would really go with their beers and creating an experience because you cannot have those experiences at their their brew pub um, because often right. you would get wait staff pairing dishes. And so this is a premium premium beverage and they're taking the, um, the the time to actually think about pairings to create an experience at home that works and they're not just saying cook a beef cheeks to, yeah, to go, pair go. with <laughs> this, this um, whatever it may be pile. I'll Go put on that
1: chicken parm and chips and IPA. Actually that sounds good. Oh it does. But yeah, so I actually have another they they I I the week later uh in my weekly order that I'm pretty much signed up for now. Uh but the following week I got uh, a different beer. It was a sour beer. Really interesting, Tony. I'm, I'm excited to talk about this one next week. We haven't opened this yet, but it was a, a like a pastry sour. So it had it was a white chocolate and peach golden sour, um, and they had a like a white chocolate peach little candy bar that came with that. And that's so give me an unusual beer. I mean, strawberry stout. I sort of. Yeah, it was basically. great right it was better than expected but i did have an expectation of what it would be and it lived up to it right and went above and beyond this i don't know what i'm going to get out of that the candy bar sounds delicious i'm not a white chocolate fiend but i love anything with peaches in it so i'm on board um and the candy and the and the beer sounds really fascinating i i'm i can't wait to see what comes out
0: that sounds really intriguing i'd be interested to sort of get your take on it because it sounds like it's going to be really, really dry um, and, and not sort of syrupy, but, but with all those flavours you're talking about, which could really, really work nicely. And it'll be interesting yeah. to get your, your official review or even your unofficial review, your take on it, whether it, um, it came out the way I'm expecting. I don't know whether your <laughs> thoughts on it were the same or you're expecting like this, this sweet un, under-attenuated bomb.
1: I'm, I'm not expecting it to be an under attenuated bomb. I think the sweetness should be, I expect the sweetness to be chocolate driven, I guess like purely chocolate related. I don't expect we'll get a lot of residual sugar from the, I guess the base beer, I suppose. Um, I would think your sweetness will come from the chocolate. You're going to get your like peach, nectarine, stone fruit, tart juiciness. You know what I mean? Yep. Uh, and then you'll get that, uh, sort of, um, I think there's a wine barrel sour too. So I think, I don't think you'll get a ton of wine. I think you'll get the dryness from the, from the sour too. And like the, the, the distinct fermented, you know, taste, you know what I mean? That fermented tartness flavor too. Um, that's my hope anyways, I guess we'll find out. Uh, most of the reviews burial is a 4.3 or something. So who the hell knows what you're going to get out of them. Um, Tony, I saw you were drinking beer. Uh, you checked into a beer that I was particularly interested in that I believe was a New Zealand pale ale, um, and I wanted to try it. That was the one
0: from Panhead, correct?
1: I think so. Now I have to look up your untapped to confirm. That's why we love untapped, gang. We love untapped because I can just go and look up things that I got like notified in and see <laughs> if uh, Tony tagged me in this check-in. Um, and he did. It's you know, the tire
0: the tire fryer because all their beers tend to be named either after like um, car engines. Yeah, yeah.
1: Tire tire fryer. That was it. Yeah.
0: Really, really delicious. Uh, modern pale ale is the way I would would okay. discuss it. So highly hopped, but not not pushing out of the pale ale style. Um, really deliciously balanced. Something that you could drink three, four. And a night oh, yeah. without fatigue really delicious really thought it brought a, a lot to the table um and it of course it had one of your favorites in it oh yeah eating sabro who doesn't love a sabro based
1: sabro Sob- me to the moon yeah give me it <laughs> yeah. well, shoot, shoot me in a big sabro gun right in the right in the mouth that's what i want
0: Now, I also had an IPA, the last beer I actually checked in and it was from Pirate Life. And Pirate Life a couple of years ago were one of the hottest breweries in Australia and then they decided to sell out and they're now just another good beer producing label. Um, And they actually produced an IPA that was a single hop and it was the cashmere hop. And I was wondering if you'd actually had any of the cashmere beers, because again, this it was not an old school IPA, but it's not like a new school hazy IPA.
1: I think cashmere tastes more like a um it's got more similarities to a C hop than it does oh, yeah. to a X hop. How about that? Is that the right way to say it? There's <laughs> a there's a little there's a little phraseology for turn turn a phrase for you. Um, I think it's more like a tr- more traditional, a new fangled version of a centennial hop. How about that? That's something yep. like that. You know what I mean?
0: And it sort of has um, those cascade notes as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I buy that. Um, I think this sounds very delicious. It looks like it's got sort of a faint, um, translucency, I guess. Um, yep. and then, uh, has probably a nice, I don't know, citrusy sweet, but, you know, easy drinking for 7%, that would be my guess.
0: For 7%, yes. It's not a beer that I could have four or five, but I could certainly have two of those a night. No drama at all. Um, was yeah, was very, good. very happy with it. Um, and my um, lo- local supermarket, um, they've got some more beers, so I'll be checking in there today. I know they've got some beers from a local-ish to me brewery, um, that um, look really delicious that I definitely want to check out. Uh, Sailor's Grave, they're doing their one of their first, at least the first time I've got my hands on one of their hazy IPAs because they tend to bring Dang. more of the funk. They do a lot of sours. They do mm. some wild stuff. They, they do some really interesting beers. And for them to be doing a hazy IPA coming in at um, 6.7%, is mm. is kind of exciting and I, I really like the the can art on it they're using big tall boy cans and yeah i'm, I'm definitely going to pick up a four pack of those
1: sounds fantastic yeah
0: so that'll be costing me even more money i've been spending enough money there lately as you can see by our instagram account
1: yeah well i think i always feel like i'm spending too much money and then i realize that i'm going anywhere ever so i'm just sort of like well Whatever I don't know, you know. It's a, <laughs> what what else am I going to spend it on? I guess I, maybe I could save it and be physically responsible or something, but I don't. You could, but who cares?
0: If you're not supporting the economies, these brewers could go out of business. I'm sure you're almost single-handedly keeping a brewer in business.
1: Yeah, it might be burial. I mean, although <laughs> I I'm probably eating say. into their, I'm probably eating into their margin by getting everything shipped. So I, I think there's, you know, they're probably not making much money on the shipping. Um, and you know, the legwork that it takes to do, do shipping, you know, you gotta, I don't know how you ship things. How do you do it? You get it to FedEx somehow. And, um, I doubt they have like a distribution center. They're just a tap room. Every time I get the beers, they have my name written on the little, uh, crate underneath that says like a count of the beers I ordered. So I'm like, okay, somebody's hand packing this, you know, uh, they pack. They pack wonderful though. That's a that's a whole other topic. But uh, burial packs like baller. They wrap everything like triple wrapped in bubble wrap every bottle, and then pack the whole thing with the cans in like one million packing peanuts.
0: No, so there is no
1: way that thing's moving around. It's it's very very secure packing technique by by burial. I give it up for them.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> um, My only issue is with packing peanuts in general, not the fact that that. Burial using they using gas
1: to deal with for me i mean i hate <laughs> them uh they're everywhere in my garage from the amount of shipments i've gotten i got packing peanuts all over the place but um for the i mean for the sake of getting a 20 dollars stout ship to me and it coming in you know tacked i think that's i'll deal with the with the mess i suppose um yeah tony so real quick uh, i did want to say before while we're talking about shipping and tavor extra beers in a primo fashion and those nice double uh like 12 bottle shipper things those are sweet um uh, i did i'm getting a tavor crate and everyone's favorite segment is what's going to be in griff's tavor crate so i wanted to talk about a couple beers that i'm getting shipped to me
0: okay so those that aren't familiar with tavor crate that's a website where you can order a mixed crate of beer from a number of different um suppliers yeah, so- is that correct
1: Tavor is a uh, guy company. It feels like it's a guy, but I don't know <laughs> um, who gets beers from all over the country, puts up two a day that you can choose to get or not. And then when you say ship your crate, it costs $15 flat, whether you have 50 beers in there or five beers in there um, and uh, they'll ship them all out okay. um, to you. So I've got like I don't know, 25 beers in here right now, which is uh, I'm not going to go through all of them. But there were uh, a couple in particular I wanted to talk about. Um, first off, uh, I'll throw this one at you, Tony. Uh, this one's from Evil Twin. You know them.
0: I am familiar with their beers. Uh,
1: it's called E.T. Stay Home Six uh, Peach Papaya Pineapple Passion Fruit. So this oh, is a. Oh, uh, that sounds
0: uh, delightful.
1: Super Tropical uh, Pastry Sour. Yeah, that sounds oh, good, doesn't it? Oh, it
0: so does.
1: I love a good yeah, pastry excited for sour
0: because I've had a whole one of those and they are delicious. The one that I had, well, no, I shouldn't say that. We are getting more of them, and I have had more since uh, the strawberry, um, the strawberry sour that I had. Oh yeah, that and was couple, that,
1: that looked good.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I've certainly had more of those, and it's a style that I absolutely love.
1: All right, I'm going to throw one more at you, and then I got a, I got a big one to toss at you. But this one, um, this one's called Fluffer Nuttergus.
0: This is right uh, up your alley.
1: Oh yeah, I'm all over this, dude. Um, this is a chocolate marshmallow peanut butter pastry stout, twelve and a half percent. I'm I'm, all, I'm on board with this big time. Very excited for this. Uh, it cost. What did this one cost me? It was only six ninety nine for a can for a 60 ounce can of twelve and a half percent stout. I mean, that's pretty okay.
0: That is really good value. I think. Yeah, that, that is. Yeah, I, I, I don't have a problem with those prices for, for what you're getting. These are not like your you run of the mill pale ale that you, you're paying five no. bucks at a bar for or even seven no. bucks.
1: So now we're going to – so, Tony, let's talk about this. Um, this is a uh, – we can gauge my mistake or success I had here. So, Tony, I don't know if you're familiar with Anchorage Brewing. Um, you can probably take a guess where they are, uh, but – Anchorage is famous for their barrel aging program which is one of the best barrel aging programs in the world probably uh, most notably for their beer called deal with the devil um, I don't know are you familiar with this beer Tony I'm not
0: familiar with that particular beer um, so in, enlighten me on, on what it is
1: so deal with the devil um, let me let me look up the exact description so I don't so I don't screw it up um, but it is a barley wine it is a it, here's the double oak to deal with the devil, 2020 17%. It is a Gallic. Okay. So this is a Woodford, um, this is barley wine, uh, in Woodford reserve, double oak barrels unblended with 24 month and 12 month old, a deal with the devil that is transferred into fresh barrels halfway through aging. So they have a very complex blending and aging program, I guess is the point I'm trying to get at. Yep. Um, so with, this those, is what barley, they're for.
0: with those barley wines, I, they really are treating them like a a top-end wine producer would um, with a sort of hermitage blend where then they're taking certain barrels and, and blending them with other barrels to get the flavour profile that they're after.
1: Yes. So they're, they're doing the hard part of barrel ageing, which is back blending, using fresh beer if they have to, um, doing tastings of hundreds and hundreds of barrels to ensure they get the right profile out of each one, which ensures, which while it sounds like it ensures, um, you know, a different beer every time, you're probably right, but it ensures quality, right. And yep. probably at least the some semblance of consistency or any semblance of a consistent of consistency that you can get from barrel aged beer. Um, uh, so they do stout to their stout program is maybe, at least just less known because they haven't had anything quite like uh, deal with the devil to my knowledge. I'm sure somebody could get on here and tell me all about it, but so uh, they popped up a bunch of or Tony um, which is good news uh, for me, but, or is it? Um, so let me tell you <laughs> about this beer. This beer is called blessed and it, uh, is a stout, so it's stouts, uh, one and three year old stouts aged in Woodford Reserve double oaked and Willett bourbon barrels. And then they added toasted and raw coconut and Madagascar vanilla beans and blended everything together in Missouri oak fooders. Oh, nice. Now, yeah,
0: I'm th- this is going to have some cost to it because not only have you got a barrel program, but you've got somebody there that's Anytime you're putting something into a foodie, you've got you've got maintenance there, you've got the outlay of actually um, getting the foodie made, uh, which is, I know, split over the yeah. life of a bunch of different beers. It's not a one-use vessel, but anything that's done in a foodie tends to have um, a great amount of cost to it. But this, nothing in this beer seems out of balance. On paper, this seems like it could be an all-time beer.
1: I'm dying to get this beer. I can't wait to get this beer. Tony, I paid fifty dollars for a three hundred and seventy-five milest beer.
0: Oh. Okay. <laughs> um, you said that you'd paid fifty dollars for a beer, but here I was I was expecting a bummer, so like a 500 mil or a 750 mil. Um Nope. So Nope. Um, <clears throat> <laughs> even some of my my beer prejudice is coming into this. If you would have this is a $100 bottle of wine with with everything that you've spoken about. So why should I be shocked that you're paying $50 for half a bottle of wine? If it was a wine-based product, but because it's a beer, I I'm 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 sort of balking at that. Sure. $50 is a lot. Don't get me wrong. It's a, it's a shit ton of money. That's that's a lot of Six packs of of good quality craft beer, but if this beer lives up to the hype, is 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 the money then poorly spent? I don't think so.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, here's the problem for me, Tony. I already forgot that I spent until I just said it. I didn't even think it's gone. (laughs) The money's gone. I just (laughs) just send me the damn beer. I, I don't know. You know. Uh, that's a, I guess that's the advantage of Tavor is it's not it doesn't feel like a one to one transaction. Yep. I bought this beer a month ago. You know, <laughs> now I'm just like yeah, whatever. That credit card bill is already paid. I'm <laughs> okay. done with that. Yep. Send me the beer now. You know, but it does when you're doing it. You're sitting there like I'm not doing this, and then five minutes later I'm like, well, maybe. You know, <laughs> and then five minutes after that I'm like, click. You know, just give me the damn thing. You know. Um. All right, one more from here, and then we'll and then we'll move okay. on. But. You thought that was stupid. Well, wait till you hear this. Um,
0: I didn't think that was stupid. I was thinking my prejudice is stupid because everything. Uh, I was
1: talking to uh, to Bill, one of our listeners. Bill thought that was stupid. Tony loves it.
0: (laughs) I didn't say that either.
1: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Shit. All right. Here we go. So this one is also from Anchorage, Tony. So you can take a guess at the price. Same price. You can tell me. Uh, that, so I'm not going to make, I'm not going to, I'm not even going to build this up, but I also paid the same for this beer. 10 years, a 10 year anniversary beer from Anchorage. This one is a, uh, it is blending the very best bourbon barrel age Imperial stouts and barley wines in his collection. So this is a massive, you know, massive blend of various barrel age beers, not stout and barley wine. Yep. And then that blend was aged on coconut, Madagascar vanilla beans, cinnamon, and cacao nibs. And uh, this one is also going to be coming to me and it also costs $50 and it is 15% and it's also in a 375 milliliter bottle. So I did, I did the, I thought the first time was crazy and then I just did it flat out right again.
0: (laughs) Did it, did this happen on the same day? Were you just in a mood to just, just burn down $100 bills? Um, <laughs> nope, uh, I was in the
1: mood over many days to burn down a hundred dollar. I don't remember how long it was in between these. The first one, so blessed, is rated four point seven six on Untapped. It's Jesus, insane.
0: that is insane. Ten,
1: year, ten years is rated four point five nine at this point, um, which doesn't surprise me because it's not a, it's a, it's only a, it's only mostly stout. Yeah. You
0: know? <laughs> uh, now, why do you think it'd be like that? Gets a rating like that, do you think people that are willing to outlay 50 bones on a 375 mil are not going to have buyer's remorse? Or is it the fact that they're actually a more knowledgeable crowd and they... um, Know what they're getting into in in buying it. I'm not to say they're, they're giving it a false rating, but you're cutting out a lot of those people that are that are bud drinkers. No bud drinker is going to go out and and spend fifty bones on a 375 sure. ml bottle. This is a very specialized corner of the specialist beer market because this doesn't appear to appeal yeah. to everybody. Because there are people in our audience saying, "Griff, you are a fucking madman. Give me that fifty bucks and I yeah. can I can spend it on something better." Um, but it is. For a very specific I, I challenge that,
1: that during, during COVID-19 in the United States, I would love, please email me beer engine. Uh, what was it? Beer engine show <laughs> at gmail.com post on the Instagram. I will put a picture up of a $50 bill. And you can tell me and I will ask what would you spend this on that isn't beer and you can tell me what you would spend it on right I don't know you don't and don't don't come out here and be like you should have bought a gift for your wife I I will <laughs> I'll do that too all right But you're also, also going to sh-
0: you're also going to share this bottle with your wife aren't you
1: Of course yes absolutely I'll be <laughs> we'll be drinking this beer together and the- and you know there were I mean that uh, like I said, the credit card bill was paid. The beer just shows up at the house and everybody smiles when the beer is opened, and we pour it out and drink it. So what's, what's the problem? I guess, you know,
0: <laughs> <laughs> if you were just, just, um, keeping these for yourself, then, then yes, you need to go and buy your wife a present, but do you really need to buy your wife a present? If she's also into beer like this, I think she's going
1: to love this. Oh you know, yeah, she's yep. going to be 100% behind this coconut, all that stuff that we both love. Um, uh, the barrel aging in this. I mean, and that's why I think it's such a high rating. I think it checks a lot of the nerd boxes. Um, and I also think it checks the box of people really want to like a beer they paid $50 for. Um, you don't want to buy a beer for $50 and be like, eh, you know, "Eh, 4.0, I guess, you know, (laughs) (laughs) you're gonna, you're gonna be like, well, this needs to be, a 4.75 beer at least for me to feel comfortable about what I just did. So, are you um, telling me there's the, a component of that too?
0: There's not going to be many 3.5 really tasty reviews on Untapped the way you see with some of the Australian people rating beer. Super tasty beer,
1: 3.5. You can't do that with this beer. If you love this beer and you say, This is delicious, I love this 3.75 you're nuts. You I'm, I'm sending someone over to your house to check you out. Cause you're, you're just, uh, or you're saying like for my scale is four. I will not be rating anything higher than four or something like that. Like, like they do for it. Like they do for uh you'll love this Tony. Like they do for employee reviews here in the States to make sure you don't get the maximum raise. Cause they, <laughs> they say like, you really have to be above and beyond to get above 3.5. Cause we don't want to pay anyone the full raise it's always by some stupid multiplier, some shit. Everyone loves this conversation. Um, <laughs> all right. All right, Tony. Uh, so that is my Tavor box, uh, as it's uh, going to be here. I don't know. It's probably not shipping till it'll ship before our next, uh, uh, it'll probably ship when our next episode comes out. So in the next week or two after that, we can start talking about Uh, what these beers actually taste like. And I'll I'll bust out that evil twin one pretty early because I I doubt the fruit will hang on for, I don't know, it's probably just full chunks of fruit. So it might (laughs) stay forever for all I know. I don't know.
0: Now Um, with your Tavor box, are are you spending a premium on all these beers or are some of them sort of in the more reasonable six or seven bucks a can range or, or bottles?
1: Yeah, that's most of them are in the four to $7 a can I can um or a, or i mean you know some of the higher end sours you know the the most I've spent on a beer until now was probably a a dray bomber I think I paid 40 bucks for a for a bomber of homage or something yep um, which was more than worth it honestly to me I didn't, I didn't have one one problem with that uh didn't even think about it twice uh not to brag about having you know, a tw- two $20 bills, but I was able to purchase this beer. Um, but it was killer. And that's, that's something that I would say is more like buying a hundred dollar bottle of wine because I think the, I mean, I guess the, I guess the barely stuff too. I, I don't know why I, I say that, but I guess the, the vintage component of like Dre and the legacy and the craftsmanship of over many, many decades yep. makes me think of it that way in, in sort of a different way. I hesitated more with the Anchorage stuff just because they're a 10-year-old brewery. I mean, what am I – I don't know. I don't have the type of, like, history of success. You know what I mean?
0: <laughs> but a lot of the hot wines, by by the same token, not all of those are established Neuf de Pop stuff that's going back 300 years. Right. Some of those are the hot that's new things point. coming out of California, and you're not right. talking about wine that's been sitting around um, their, their maturing rooms for 10 years. Often these are uh, – even the blends are only two or three years old, exactly the same as the beer, or in some cases, even shorter aging than the, your beers. And you're dropping a hundred bones on those because they're the, they're the screaming hot beers coming out of Napa or Washington or, oh, right, or other yeah. pra- other places.
1: Oh yeah, no, I mean we have uh, I have friends uh, uh, who who will certainly uh, uh, spend money on wine, I and mean, I respect that. Uh, I do get the same prejudice towards myself when I do it on beer. Yeah, um, because I'm like. What is this sugar water? What am I doing? I didn't even have to pick a damn fruit for this thing. It's nuts. <laughs> um, they got a big box of Cisco coconut and dumped it in there, and now I'm paying them hundred dollars. What am I nuts? Uh, but hey, you know uh, this is the life I've chosen, I suppose. <laughs> uh, and then now that I'm being counted on for content, I need to. I can now. I can legitimize even more. I mean, tax write off. time. Mean, would be great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, Tony. Back back to let's let's get to some business here. Uh, we promised people uh, that we would complete our ultimate six pack, the longest running segment on in podcast history, um, and I think today is the day. What do you think?
0: I, I think today is the perfect day to wrap it up, unless you want to do one beer each today, and then we can drag it out over another week and do a recap the week after. <laughs>
1: Um, well, as tempting as that sounds, I think maybe we just sort of seal the deal today. Um, and, uh, we'll, we'll do a little recap at the end here, but I figure, uh, Tony, maybe you can tell us, um, we can go back and forth. Uh, you could, uh, uh, give us one. I'll give one. You give one. Then I give one. That's how it goes when you say back and forth. <laughs> and then, uh, we can just wrap up all six of each of ours,
0: huh? Okay. Well, I'll jump right into it. Cause we'll do the recap at the end. My... Fifth pick is a beer that is is—it's basically available everywhere. If you cannot get this beer uh, in Australia, there is something wrong with the venue you're at. <clears throat> um, this is one of our major breweries but is still Australian owned and I think it's the only one of our majors still Australian owned and that is a Cooper's beer. Are you familiar with the Co- Cooper's brewery?
1: I am. I actually uh, went to a beer, a brewery, a brewery, a beer, a bar, a bar called um, The Australian in New York City, and they had Cooper's on draft.
0: Yes. Um, Cooper's a really old-school brewery. Um, They do a bunch of different styles. They have a very nice stout, um, and it's an Australian version using, uh, I think, Pride of Ringwood. So it's yeah. not an English style. It's not certainly not an American style. It's a it's a four percenter, easy drinking all day stout. Uh, they have a mild. They have they they do some blends that you can sometimes find on tap um, under their Thomas Cooper label. I'm not going to pick any of those exotic beers. To me, it came down between two beers in the Coopers range. It came down between the Coopers Pale Ale, which is the Coopers in the green label. And the Coopers Sparkling Ale, which is the Coopers on the red label. Now, when you say pale ale, you're probably thinking American pale ale. No, this is this is Australian pale ale. Um, not not a big hop note on this sucker. This is clean, crisp, refi- refreshing Australian ale. Um, nice bitter note to it, around the thirty IBUs. That is is Cooper's Pale Ale. I've actually chosen, however, Cooper's Sparkling Ale, the one with the red label. It is a little bit more caramelly. The way I like to think of this particular beer is like an Australian version of an Imperial ESB. I don't know whether that makes sense to anybody, but it makes complete sense to me. comes in at 5.8% alcohol. It's got more caramel notes, but is drier than most ESBs. Super easy drinking, always bottle or can conditions. You can now get it in cans. And same with the draft. It's, it's conditioned in the kegs. And there's often a technique with Cooper's beers, if you've got a really good publican that will roll the Cooper's beers to get the sediment up, and they actually tell you when pouring out of their bottle, because their bottle conditions, after you've poured 90% of the beer, swirl the bottom swirl it. and then yeah. then pour this is a something that they've always spoken about before hazy beer was a trendy thing this is something that cooper's always did and i think they should be applauded this is not an expensive beer you can get a case of this for 55 bucks it's it's great value it's easy drinking it's available everywhere so not an exotic beer But I really think if people are going to try Australian beer, they need to know this particular beer. It's not indicative of all our macro beer. It's a one-off. It's unique. But it still has a place in my heart.
1: All right, Tony, I'm going to guess the rating on this beer and I'm going to get it right. It uh, I'm going to say Cooper's Australian Sparkling Ale is rated a 3.28.
0: I think this could be higher because it, it's more akin to what your average beer drinker's used to. I'm going to say okay. you've gone
1: under. I'm under. I am a little over. It's 3.21, oh. Tony.
0: There you go. I don't know who's rating beers on Untapped in Australia. I thought there would have been more love for this beer.
1: It does have 44,000 check-ins. It looks yummy. It has a nice colour to it. A lot of people pouring it into dirty glasses. <laughs> of course uh, they are. It's normal though, I guess. Uh, yeah, this looks good. I've had a sparkling ale before. I don't think I've had Coopers. Uh, Goose Island actually made an Australian sparkling uh, sparkling ale um, that I drank at the United Center. Isn't that crazy? That is. Um, what, what
0: did you think of that? Because that's obviously where they've taken inspiration from. I'm not. Don't know how it steps yeah, up. Yeah, I would presume Cooper's. so. I I,
1: th- I think it had exactly the flavor you're kind of describing. Maybe it was just it, it was a uh, it was a, a, a sort of spritzy mild. You know what I mean? Spritzy, yep. higher alcohol, mild type beer um, was, was sort of my take on it. That sounds delicious, Tony. All right. I am going to uh, throw mine out there. And what I have done is opposite of you. Uh, I have picked a beer that I don't believe is a, is not a year round beer. This is not a beer that is consistently available um, all, you know, 12 months out of the year. Um, it's pretty available if you, you know, look for it lightly at a craft shop for probably three to four months of the year. Um, It is the world renowned uh, barley wine from revolution brewing straight jacket. They make this every year straight jacket, an absolute classic English style, barley wine. None of that American style, barley wine shit. Get that out (laughs) of here. Nobody, (laughs) nobody wants a ultra hopped triple IPA garlic bomb. We don't want it. Uh, This is, Pure caramel toffee, all your favorite tastes. Right, it's a Werther's in a in a can. They switched to cans two three years ago, and now you can just you could shotgun straight jacket at a Bears game. I guess if you wanted, <laughs> I wouldn't do it, but you could. Uh, they serve it. They sell it in four pack cans. Tony, a four pack can, a uh, four pack of cans now goes for twenty five bucks a straightjacket.
0: That sounds like a
1: bargain. Uh, it is because it's like fourteen and a half percent too. It's it's a it's a monster. It's perfect for sharing, and I love the can format because two two people share a twelve ounce can and it's a perfect nightcap. Six ounces each. You're in. It's great. It's oh. wonderful, and uh, it gets it changes slightly every year. I would say um, there are variations, but I'd say they're all just about as good. I actually did like the twenty twenty version a little more. Uh, which is actually, it made it up to 15%, I think. Whew. But a very, very caramel-y version of it. Uh, surprisingly easy drinking, perfect at a 60-degree-ish, even 65-degree room temp, you know. Ooh. Um, yeah, I, I don't care. I don't need it cold. There's no need for this to be in a refrigerator for more than 10 minutes.
0: I, I wasn't um, thinking that you would have it fridge cold, but I was thinking you might want it more around the, the um 55 degree mark that's where you would have been aiming to at least start the beer off at but Mm. you but you want all that yeah maybe i mean it's
1: 60 or so it's 60 or so in my basement maybe 57 or something like that um so it's maybe not perfect cellar conditions but it's cool enough and I'd usually just pop, pull it out of there and start <laughs> yeah, pouring it no. in the glass. I don't care. I, uh, <laughs> uh, I love this beer. I buy it every, I, I would buy it every year and this year my purchase of straight jacket is probably in jeopardy. Um, well, at least of the variants, usually they roll out a bunch of barley wine variants too and stout variants around the same time each year. And, um, you know, I'm not feeling good about that this year going out in the winter in Chicago during, uh, ultimate flu season 2020 uh, is probably not going to be a good idea. So we'll see. But
0: no, I'll, I'll uh, take a hard pass on that. Go and spend well, $50 doing curb, on, curb, a, on a stout that you can get stuffed the yeah. barley wine.
1: Yeah. they Well, they're doing curbside pickups. So maybe they'll do that straight jacket too. We'll see.
0: Um, Fingers crossed.
1: So yeah, no, that's great.
0: This sounds delightful. Um, I love an English style barley wine. And you're right, I'm not sure whether I'm wrapped on most American barley wines, but I certainly am a sucker for for like a, a malt-driven, like true barley wine. These these should be malt bombs, um, but, but balance them up, attenuate them correctly. Um, this is known to be almost perfect. Um, the only thing when it comes to guessing the score that I would perhaps look at is malt is not – as in vogue, and even when you say barley wine, I'm sure there's going to be a small percentage of the untapped population that goes, "Yuck! What is this? Yep. This multi-flavor? Yep. Why is it not bone dry? Um, right. What is? What are these caramel notes? Why can't I taste more hops?" <laughs> so mm-hmm. I'm going to say, even though it's it's really, really well maintained, um, really well regarded, I should say. I'm going to say this comes in at four point three.
1: You're close, Tony. It's a four point two. Oh, damn um, close. for the uh, for the kind of every. Now they do vintage. Um, there are vintage versions of this, and it's it's sort of grown in popularity over time. So, for example, if I look at the 2020. The 2020 straight jacket, or no, November 2019—that's the one I was thinking of—is a 4.44. Okay, so so the more recent variants have higher ratings. Yep, um, I think because uh, they're getting um, sort of improved uh, clout. You know what I mean? Um, but yep, I uh you know, you're right. It's uh, over time only 4.2, which is certainly a, a tragedy for sure. Uh, all right, Tony, last one Well, you picked
0: a bunch of local to you beers And I've really just sort of grabbed beers from all over Australia I've grabbed what whatever's good I didn't grab anything from WA uh, Not to say that they don't have good beers I grabbed one from South Australia Grabbed one from Queensland And a few Melbourne beers But I grabbed a beer that is kind of local to me um, And when I say local to me We don't have any Breweries in my town or the next town over, of of any sort of note. There's there's sort of your chintzy brew pub, or at least there was for a small period of time. But their beers were were terrible. My homebrew shadow all over it. Not um, the world's best homebrewer, but um, yeah, their beer was not anything that I would have would have. I wouldn't seek it out. So we've got a few breweries around the area. Bullant do okay stuff. Um, there's now a place in Devon North or Devon South or Devon West near Yarram that are doing beers, but I'm yet to taste their stuff. Um, we've got Grand Ridge Brewery, which is an hour heading towards Melbourne. Um, and Grand Ridge is sort of the, the grand old father of Australian craft beer. They were going almost 30 years ago and they still produce their core range of beers. They are very English dr- driven in their... Their beers and their, their beers are very classical in their in their um, makeup. They have pilsners and pale ales, and their stouts are nine percenter, and that was a revelation at the time. But um, now it's 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 very old school, and there's nothing wrong with those beers. So as much as I wanted to put a Grand Ridge Brewery beer in for being sort of one of the grandfathers of Australian craft beer, I couldn't. I went with Sailor's Grave uh, and they're heading east from me, so heading away from Melbourne. Um, And they do funkier stuff. They do sours, they do kettle sours, they do wild beers, they do fruit beers, they do hazy IPAs, as, as I just mentioned earlier in the show. And while I could have chosen something that was a seasonal release, I wanted to choose something that really fitted with this six pack and you've got some really heavy nine percenters, you've got some, some middle of the road stuff, but you've got nothing sort of lighter alcohol. that's super sessionable that you can just absolutely slam down on a hot Australian summer's day. And I went with a beer that I only rated four on untapped. I want to revise that rating. I rated it too quick. Uh, It's not going to be a five beer by any means, but I think it could push up between 4.25 and, and, and 4.5. So heading to four and a half or four and a quarter, somewhere in that range. And that's the lemon meringue cream sour. It's a three mm. and a half kettle set, three and a half percent kettle sour. It is delightfully crisp. The lactose just adds enough. Um, it's really grainy, really delicious. Um, it's really straight ahead, really easy drinking, but, Gee, on a hot summer's day, this is sometimes all you want. If you're not wanting like your classic pale ale or even Pilsner, you want something slightly acidic, but you don't want to like rip your face off. This thing is just got a little bit of tang. Summer's day, perfect beer.
1: All right. So this is a lemon meringue kettle sour. That is correct. 3.5. I'm saying this is, I'm putting this right at like 3.6 rating. I, I think you could be right. Lemon orange creams, three point seven three. Wow, I was a little low. That's a good rating for a four point. Yeah, it's four point eight percent.
0: Oh, sorry, four point eight percent. I said three point five. This that looks yummy. That's their Goza That's three point five percent. Sorry. Mm. This is All a right. delightful beer. It's it is a kettle sour. It's a straight straight ahead kettle sour, but really delicious. I, I think you would really enjoy this.
1: I want this uh, Sailor's Grave uni and lemon myrtle gosa. Does it have uni in it?
0: Yes, it has uni in
1: it to get the salt flavor. Oh my God, I want that. Hey, I'm super curious about that.
0: It, it, when you think about it, though, it's no different to. No,
1: nah, it's normal,
0: yeah. Like an oyster stout.
1: Was, yeah, I had, a, I had a from Oxbow, I had a gosa made with lobster shells. Yep. And and they ate the lobster after it, I'm sure. Or, like, they cooked the lobster in malty water and then ate it. That sounds good, actually. Yum. And they brewed a beer out of it. That sounds great. And I want lobster now. Too bad I Said live in the I. Midwest and I can't leave my house. <laughs> um, all right, Tony. My last one. I think people are going to like this. You're going to love this. Everyone's going to love this. My last beer, my six-pack, is an all-time Chicago classic, Tony. And I'm going to tell you some heartbreaking news and that that's good that this is a theoretical six pack because you can't get this beer anymore. Oh no. And my number six of my six pack is the Mamma Mia pizza beer. (laughs) 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 Now let me tell you a little about the Mamma Mia pizza beer. Are you familiar with this beer?
0: I am not familiar with the Mamma Mia pizza beer.
1: All right. Well, the Mamma Mia Pizza Beer, uh, I'm reading this from the description, is a debris free product. The margarita pizzas are put into the mash and steeped like a tea bag. A whole wheat crust is made with water, flour, and yeast and topped with tomato, oregano, basil, and garlic. The essence of the pizza spices is washed off with hot water and filtered into a brew pot where it is boiled for a long, long time. During the process, we add hops and spices in a cheesecloth-type bag and filter the cooled liquid into a fermentation vessel. After a week or two, the beer is good to go. So, Tony, this is the Mamma Mia Pizza Beer. Uh, It is a beer that was brewed in Chicago for some amount of time by two freaks. Um, And uh, it was horrible. And I would love to put it in everyone's six pack. And I hope they like it because this is what you get when you mess with me. You're you're getting the Mamma Mia pizza beer. A beer that I actually have clamored for a local brewery to remake out of pure, like, comedy um, or make an inspiration of it. Like noon whistle makes a whole gummy series. I would have killed for them to make pizza gummy. I think it would have been amazing with the mama Mia pizza beer. I asked my local bottle shop to make mama Mia pizza beer with the weirdos that make it. Um, If you look this beer up on, Untapped, you will see that the kind of crude drawing of their label Um, it was by the Seafork Seafirth family. The website they used to have is gone. It had a bunch of animated GIFs on it and stuff. It was an all time classic nineties website. So there you go. The mommy pizza beer. It has 3,387 check-ins on untapped.
0: Wow. Would not have guessed that many reviews.
1: I imagine that it was a cult beer,
0: but why are you putting such a terrible beer in my ultimate six pack?
1: That's what I want to know. What have I done? Hey, oh. you don't know what ultimate means. Ultimate ultimate means, damn, <laughs> that was a hell of a six-pack. <laughs> and I don't think anyone's leaving the Mamma Mia pizza saying like, shit, well, that was something, huh? Uh. Uh, it's going to pay off big time. Um, and, hey, if if I'm giving you a straight jacket and a fader and a zombie dust and a uh, silt and all that good stuff, you can you can suffer through the Mamma Mia pizza beer for me to get a laugh. <laughs> so.
0: Now That's have what you, you had get from me. Have you actually had this beer your, yourself?
1: Yes. Uh yes, I have had this beer. Um it's not nearly as horrible as it sounds, but it is bad. Um it's it's it tastes like pizza, Tony. They <laughs> if you didn't hear, they steep a, they don't just oh, steep God. the things that are in pizza. They steep pizza. <laughs> they make a pizza tea. It's <laughs> <laughs> An insane thing to do, <laughs> uh,
0: but again, like we have English bread ales, I get it. It's like there's there's a semblance of a sense we will there that just went completely off the rails. And now I've got to guess the rating for this sucker.
1: At least oh, I would love t- for aching away for this. Yeah,
0: at least you told me that it wasn't good. It wasn't, and and you do. it. <laughs> Oh, boy.
1: Some, what, what? Of picture, some of the pictures some of the I had untapped are all-timers because they are people's ugly-looking pizza beer next to some even worse-looking food. I mean, there's some nasty food pictures in here. Um, but, yeah. No, I, I, I'm excited to hear. Somebody has poured it into a Cantillon glass.
0: <laughs> of course they poured it into a candy on glass. There's many different
1: colors of these beers. I would guess the consistency was maybe... Questionable
0: at best. Okay. So that means there could be some good examples. And when I say good examples, I think a three is a high score. Now, America tends to rate beers higher. I think if this was in Australia, I think you're getting under two. But I think in America, it's above a two. Um, Untap, though, is a fairly um, well-versed crowd. So I'm going to say that this beer comes in at two
1: point three six. Um, you're not far off. It's two point five nine. That's for the Mama Mia pizza beer.
0: That's higher than I thought. That's a that's two points higher, or point two points higher than I thought. Which is perhaps the furthest I've been off with a beer.
1: Of all the things that should be disturbing, it should be that there are check-ins within the last three weeks. And this beer, I think, stopped being made maybe many years ago. (laughs) Maybe there's somebody making this. I just don't see how that's true. So there's some uh, some good comments in here. If Brian comes back, we'll pull this out for the behind the ticks segment. Um, Why is this a thing? Uh, That's a good one. Uh, It's like somebody took my glass of Molson Canadian and burped into it after just swallowing a bite of little Italy flavor is as promised tomato and herbs suggesting pizza with a shitty lager base, watery and gross. So There you go. I think, I think the impeding throw up will taste better. So somebody would rather get sick than drink this again, or, or they. Okay, here you go. Here's somebody. Here's somebody from the company. Check uh, checked in on somebody's um, check in here. Where on earth did you find this? Is there a date code on the bottle? We have not made any since December 2013. <laughs> so if anyone's drinking this recently, they're drinking seven year old pizza beer.
0: Oh um, well.
1: There you go. So, Tony, remind everyone what your, what was in your ultimate six-pack.
0: We had La Serene Saison. We had Kaiju Crusher. We held Belter XPA. We had Deeds Conductor Special Reserve Porter. Cooper's Sparkling Ale. And lastly, we had Sailor's Grave Lemon Meringue Cream
1: Sour. Delicious. That sounds fantastic. Um, uh, and for me, Fader Half Acre. Uh, zombie dust by three Floyd's riverland silt, the all time classic Boulevard tank seven straight jacket by revolution. And from the world famous pizza beer company, <laughs> the mama mia pizza beer, rounding it out. Another, <laughs> another banging segment, Tony. I think we, uh, I think we win that one. um, so, Tony, another another uh, week where we get to put um, – we, we did some untapped guessing already, so we can just save some of our other funny bits for next week now. I hope everyone laughed already. Um, uh, Tony, I think it's time to, to close this one out, unless you got any other uh, magic uh, segments or, or bits for anybody else here.
0: No, but I will say I am looking forward to getting back to some NBA action.
1: Oh, that's right. Yeah. So Tony, uh, I have requested that Tony put together a little bit of an NBA preview. i was going to spring it on him un, unprepped, just to see what he said. Um, and, uh, I, and instead decided to be a friend and, and give him a week to sort of prepare his mind. So Tony, the basketball expert, um, I do love the NBA also, but, but Tony is a, a student of the game as we know. Especially being from Australia, with all the famous Australian basketball players like Ben Simmons and Andrew Bogut and Luke Longley, and maybe some other ones,
0: Andrew Gaze, Um, Shane Heal, Thon Maker, um, Cambersto. I think you're familiar with him.
1: Oh yeah, I know him, Cambersto. Wow, (laughs) what a what a treat that guy was, huh? (laughs) Um, Um, It should should be. He was a New Zealander, wasn't he? No, he's Australian Australian.
0: He's he's an Australian, and you should know that uh, he's a. He's like the 10th or 11th man on an NBL side right oh, now. Good.
1: Yeah, well, he wasn't good for us, so he I mean, doesn't shock me. Um, so, yeah, Tony's NBA preview coming next week um, and, and some other funny crap. Uh, and my Tavor box, so everybody get excited for that. All right, so uh, you guys can email us. Like I said, email me and tell me what you're doing with $50. Um beer engine show at gmail.com. Uh, or you can hit me up on Instagram, uh, beer Pod is our Instagram to see pictures of Brazilian president, uh, dying and also pictures of beers. And maybe even I've been sneaking in the occasional, uh, I don't know, f- circle of pedophiles like we talked about earlier. So who knows what you might see in our, in our Instagram account, uh, you can find me on untapped. Griff AD. Tony is St. Ma's. You know, get in contact with us. We'll probably mention it. Um, we've had, we've mentioned people on this show before. So if you want to get mentioned by real audio podcasters, well, we're doing one. So might as well, Tony, any parting words for our audience?
0: I've got nothing.
1: There it is. Nothing from Tony. Uh, on my end, I would say, If you're going to be a world leader, don't get coronavirus three times or else you're going to get some freak like me making fun of you. Sorry. All right. Later on, everyone.